again, key point number one, do not treat prophetic scripture as though prayer is unnecessary. Do not, do not treat prophetic scripture as though prayer is unnecessary. Here's what I mean by that. Just because we know what God is going to do does not mean that we don't pray about it. Just because we know that God is going to do something doesn't mean that it shouldn't be on our lips to pray about it. Theologian John Calvin said it this way. He said, nothing, therefore, can be better for us than to ask for what he has promised. So with the backdrop then in place, let's look at what Daniel was actually praying for. Now, before I read these 19 verses, can I get someone to use their phone as a stopwatch and time me as I read Daniel's prayer. Would anybody be willing to do that? Somebody have a a stopwatch on their phone. Anybody? We got it. Okay. So you you look that up and you have that ready. Are we about about ready to go? What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you when to start that because it's not going to be until the middle of uh, chapter uh, verse 4. Okay, I'll I'll give you a heads up and a cue. All right, so Daniel 9, verse 1 says this. In the first year of Darius, of the lineage of the Medes, who was was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that we would that he would accomplish seventy years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confessions and said, Are we ready? Let's start the stopwatch. O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O oh Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame of face. As it is this day, the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those afar off, and all the countries to which you have driven them, because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, to our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness. Though we have rebelled against him, we have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law. And has departed so as to not obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. And he has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our judges who judged us. 
by bringing upon us a great disaster. For under the whole heaven, such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us. Yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept this disaster in mind and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made yourself a name as it is this day, we have sinned. We have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all those around us. Now therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications, and for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. Oh my God, incline your ear and hear, open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. Now stop the clock. I don't want to hear the time just yet, but I want you to remember that. You see what it is? All right, hold on to that. Make sure you don't lose that because we're going to reference it in just a moment. Understand this. Daniel, what he did is he understood by the books exactly what God was doing. He had seen in Genesis that God had done this, you know, what brought them out of Egypt. He had seen, and he's making statements, all these things that God has done. And he said again and again and again, we have put ourselves in this situation. Lord, you warned us through your prophets. And we didn't listen to them. Who is he talking about? What prophets is he talking about? Jeremiah. Jeremiah repeatedly told them, guys, if you don't listen to me, you're going to spend 70 years in captivity. You better repent. You better repent. And what does Daniel do? Daniel is now 83 years old, and he says, you know what? We have never repented as a nation. Here I am, 83 years old, and I'm looking at the clock, and I recognize 67 of that 70 years has passed by, and we still haven't changed our minds. We still haven't repented. So he sits down, and he prays for himself, and he prays for his nation. And he says, Lord... We now confess to you. And he's praying on behalf of, of his nation. Now, I want you to notice this. <laughs> Daniel didn't believe that the 70 years was some symbolic number, did he? Oh, there must be some symbolism in that. Now, then, listen, there's times that there's a lot of symbolism. But a lot of times it's 70 years because it was 70 years. When he read Jeremiah and it said 70 years are going to pass, he was looking at that and going... Uh, it's been 67. It's almost done. And he was getting ready. Daniel didn't believe that it was a symbolic number. No, he believed that those 70 years to be a promise of God, and he spent time in prayer, even though he knew the promise of God was coming to a close. 
even though that he knew that that 70 years was going to end soon, he didn't allow the prophecy to say, well, God's going to do this no matter what. He still prayed about it. He said, God, this is still in your hands. And I know that you prophesied this, this many years, but I trust in you. So know God's word. Know God's word and pray God's word. Let's pick back up verse 20. Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I have seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out. And I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Do you hear what's happening? Daniel, while he was still praying, what happened? Gabriel, the angel, appears. And says, by the way, as soon as you started praying, I started flying from heaven to come and let you know. So here's what I want to know, Jessica. How long did it take for Gabriel to fly from heaven to the, to the presence of Daniel? How long was it? Three minutes and 41 seconds. I don't know about you, but there's times. Has there ever been times that you pray and you think, God, are my prayers just hitting the ceiling? Are my prayers just going nowhere? What, 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 what's happening? I want you to understand this. There are times that when we pray, that at the very beginning of our prayer, before we even finish it, God is saying, I know where this is going, and I'm sending it into action right now. In fact, it's going to take him three minutes, approximately three minutes, 40-some seconds, and lo and behold, Gabriel said, I flew here as fast as I could, swiftly, it says. And I got here to tell you, to help you understand the things of God. Gabriel was the response. He was sharing with Daniel that there is hope. Listen to this, Isaiah 65, 24. It shall come to pass that, they, that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. Isaiah 65, 24 is telling us that there's times that we're praying that God is going to respond before we're even finished with the prayer. That he is already in process of giving us an answer. There are times, it says here, it shall come to pass that before they pray, I will answer. You haven't even started, you haven't even crossed your lips yet. And God is already in process of answering that prayer. So here's the thing. When there is a delay in the answer to our prayers, understand that there is a reason for the delay. Daniel understood that Israel's greatest need was to address their sin. That's what his prayer was all about. He was saying, God, you alone can forgive us of our sins. Look back at verse 13. As it is written in the law of Moses, all, the, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. We've allowed all this time to go by, and we haven't done anything about it. 
And Gabriel shows up and he says this, Daniel, what you are praying for is the big picture. In fact, God sent me to tell you that your prayer is going to be answered. And I'm going to give you the timeline in which God is going to answer your prayer. 